We've been waiting for a long time. Yes, we've been waiting for a long, long time. We've been waiting for a long time. But we ain't gonna wait no more. We're getting ready to rock and roll. We're gonna one, two, three, four. Time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, a great adventure took place. I'm going to regret this. This is ridiculous. Don't be alarmed. It's only a laser sword fight. I sense a disturbance in the force. You always sense a disturbance in the force. Houdini! He's a bot. Really pissed me off. Oh, no! <laughs> it's a trap! Chewie, get us out of here! You can't run. And now, together by live simulation via the internet, Scott Gardner and Chris Honeywell. Good morning. Nice of you guys to drop by. Hello and welcome to Two True Freaks, episode 500 and something. I'm Chris Honeywell, and I'm here with my bestest Star Wars buddy in the whole world, Scott Gardner. Woohoo! And we are here to talk about the state of the Star Wars Union, which basically means it's an excuse for us to talk about The Last Jedi, which came out, like, <laughs> roughly a month ago, right? God, it has been that long, hasn't yeah. it? Oh, we are slackers. That's okay. I'd rather not be one of those people that just jumps on the bandwagon right and uh and records you know now we've we've had a month to to sink in and 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 think about it and, and well that's the thing is um i mean it wasn't intentional by any means but i you know if if i'd had my choice i didn't want to to do one like you know the night of like i've just seen the movie let's talk about it. i i actually this movie walking out of the theater this one was one i i fully realized walking out that wow i'm going to need this one to sink in for a while you know i'm going to i'm going to need to spend some time with this one in my head to really get a handle on you know on my thoughts on this one so a month out now um i'll be honest it, it's a little fuzzy in my <laughs> head now but uh but yeah, I think I think I got a pretty decent handle on it at this point as far as, you know, what what I think my ultimate long-term 
uh, opinion is going to be at least at least until I see it again. I've only seen it once, so there you know there is that. So yeah, yeah. I uh, <laughs> I uh, in in I don't know what possessed me to do it. Honestly, I because it, it was just a fleeting thought before you know I was gonna go because I, I I it ended up being a really dramatic day because I I was supposed to work. And then I would get out of work and I would have probably about 45 minutes before to get, you know, to get to them. So it would have been right out of work into the movie, but ended up having a, having a little uh, dispute with, with, uh, with my manager at work and ended up going home early, <laughs> which Did you punch him in the throat. No, no, but there uh, was, there were definitely, um, there were definitely negotiate hostile negotiations going on. <laughs> I ended up like Flo with a raise, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so all of a sudden it was like, oh, okay, I have, I, I, I got a few, I could go take a shower, get ready for the movie and all that. And I was, uh, so I was, I was good and, and primed up for it. And uh, I went into this one completely unspoiled. You know, I saw that I watched the trailers and that was about it. And so I was just fair. I know some people didn't even do the trailers and that, that must've been even, even more intense, but I didn't feel the trailers really gave you any grip on what was going on in the movie either. So yeah, I, um, I, I saw it opening night. You, you got to see it like what, like a week after that, like a week after opening. No, I, we went, oh, no, yeah, you're right. Like a couple no, days. we went like Friday, I think. I think we went the Friday it came mm-hmm. out, I, I believe, or Friday or Saturday it came out. I forget now. But yeah, we we went pretty early because it was one of those things, much like Force Awakens, where I wasn't feeling the need to be there when it opened. I'll, I'll be right. honest with you. I was not enthusiastic going into this movie um, at all. And it was one of those things where I knew I would go see it, but I wasn't looking forward to it Um my my thoughts about Force Awakens have really solidified since that movie came out. And uh, the the thing with Force Awakens was initially walking out of that movie, I, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I was kind of like, man, eh, it was okay, you know. But as soon as I saw it again, that movie mm-hmm. completely fell apart for me. It was like to a, a magic point where, trick almost. Yeah, to a point where I I'm a pretty active uh I don't want to say hater, but I, I have a pretty strong dislike of that film. So with that, I wasn't really looking forward to this one at all. But you know, then all the as as the days grew closer, you know, there's that hype I, in the air. You know, it's yeah, it's Star know, Wars. It's I a new exactly Star Wars movie. And mean. everybody, you know, everybody I know was going to see it and they were talking about it at work and on the internet and you know just i mean look at i mean our core family at two true freaks are all star wars geeks you know so i mean you you just you kind of get sucked into the event kind of thing well i'll, I'll be honest those... with you it's always or it's it always brings memories of sean engel back to me so whenever yeah. i'm there i'm sitting in the seat when the lights go down that's like instantly the last you know this in the force awakens it's just like oh man sean i wish you were you were here you know Mm -hmm. yep i definitely had that thought as well and so 
it was one of those things where it was just like, you know, do you want to go in? Plus, it, it helped a lot that Logan uh, really wanted to see this one. And my wife really liked Force Awakens. She really liked uh, Ray. So, you know, it wasn't a hard sell. And we decided to go and everything. And uh, and I, I don't know if we want to get into thoughts and everything right away. But, uh, sure. but yeah. Um, I liked it. I liked it a lot, actually. Uh, I walked out going, okay, I can easily see what everybody's upset about because by the time I saw it, because like I mm -hmm. said, I saw it within a day or so of when it debuted and already the internet had lit up, you mm -hmm. know. Miraculously, and I think this helped me a lot going oh, into yeah. this movie, like you said, um, I went in cold on this. I had avoided all spoilers. It was amazing that that, that was able to happen to where I was not spoiled on anything. I, did, I wouldn't read non-spoiler reviews just because I didn't want to hear anybody, like, commenting, you know, just commenting on the ideas of it. You know what I mean? I didn't even want that aspect of it in my brain. Right. And... uh so I, you know, I, I knew nothing of what was going to happen in the movie. Nothing had been spoiled for me, but the attitudes were out. You know, the the opinions were out there, and it was it was pretty evident right out of the gate that something happened in this movie because it was so divisive. And on the whole, it seemed like in my circle of friends, you know, our circle of friends, it seemed like. There was a lot of negative, like people mm -hmm. really didn't like this movie. Mm -hmm. And strangely, you know, was I understand like I, that though. That's the I, thing I, is, I, I understand that was the thing. Walking out of like the it. movie, I really did understand that. Walking into the movie, you know, I I don't I don't really like the reputation I've garnered as a as a contrarian. You know, with with the popular opinion and everything. However. <laughs> walking into that movie knowing that so many other people really didn't like the movie I kind of got to thinking you know what I wonder if I'm going to like this movie just because other people didn't like, like because there's so many movies that you know there, there's something about them that appeals to me that other people just don't don't oh. see in it or vice versa oh dude so, you're coming right out of my brain on this one <laughs> so that that was a lot of it for me was it, it did things that i needed it to that was the big yes. thing ultimately with the movies it did things that i needed this movie to do now what's really funny is that it did several things that i said a long time ago were absolute deal breakers yeah. for me. like if this movie does this I, you know i'm done with star wars kind of thing and it did it and it got away with it. Mm -hmm. You know, first and foremost, and we're, we should say right out of the gate, spoilers big time on this. Oh, yeah. They yeah, top Luke. to bottom. You know, they kill Luke off. That was one of my non-negotiables. Like, Listen, if they, do, they kill off Luke, I'm done. We just and did they the 100th got away with it. We just did the 100th episode of J-Guys and Jedi, and, and we had all the people who do the most, like, commenting on our Facebook. Like, we had, I think, um, one of the, the most um, last Jedi's focused conversations was with Gene Hendricks and we were talking mm -hmm. about what we wanted and what we didn't want and I and and I you know in the course of recording and editing and months ahead uh, you know weeks ahead in this case maybe um I actually was months ahead with the interviews with people I I forgot about the stuff I said and there was one thing and I said what I do not want <laughs> in the last Jedi is that uh, Luke Skywalker, they find Luke Skywalker. He's a reluctant teacher. He teaches Ray some things, and at the end, 
he comes in and just sort of like holds him off or distracts him long enough for the rebels to get away and saves the day. I hope that's not the the arc for Luke, which was almost exactly the arc for Luke, and it totally satisfied. If if I was the writer of this movie, I would have I wouldn't have killed off Luke Skywalker at the end, but I might not have been right on that. And and the, the way it was done worked for me. I wasn't, you know, it, it it didn't crush me. And the way the movie sets it up, it's like, ah, maybe we haven't even seen the the last of him, you know. So it right. it, it it didn't it, you know, I I totally ate those words. And then um, ten seconds later, Gene Hendricks said, "I don't want Ray to be anybody. I just want her to be somebody who has a lot of force power in her." So one point right. for one point for Gene. And Hope made a, a fried pork joke. That was another one of my my non negotiables was that we had to get an answer about Ray's parentage in this film. And she damn well better be somebody important. I wanted her to be a Skywalker. I specifically Mm -hmm. wanted her to be Luke's daughter. And we don't get any of that. And again, they got away with it. And part of the way that they got away with it for me personally was I actually kind of liked the revelation. And I I'm going I actually buy Kylo Ren's explanation. I you know, there's been a lot of speculation. I just was listening to a podcast recently where they were saying, no, you know, that he's just messing with her. I don't really believe it. No, nah, I believe it. You mean I believe that... it in the same way that I believed when, when Darth Vader said, you know, I'm your father and everybody spent three years going, ah, he's, he's just messing right. with Luke. No, I don't think he was messing with her. I, I think he was telling the truth. I think her parents were, were nobodies. I think that essentially she's a, a blank slate. I, and I think that in it, a way it works. runs through the whole movie, but you know, by the end of it, you have, the little kids who, have, you know, and you have that one little kid that, you know, has force powers just with the, yeah. the scene with the broom. Yeah, I, I'm, I've been trying to forget about that part of the movie, actually. <laughs> the ending of the movie is my the, biggest the, issue with the movie. The but ending we'll, we'll of get the movie, that. oddly enough to me, and yeah, I wouldn't have ended with that scene. And I like the idea of it, but the, the execution of it, the execution of it reminded me very much of like Lucasfilm execution like Ewok movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. It had a little Ewok movie feel to it, which was weird. But at at that right. point I was appreciating all the the weirdness. And and just to be honest with you, you know what the the one thing that won me over the the most of anything about this movie is it wasn't even when I first saw it, it was when I realized they just paid tribute to Hardware Wars in, in yes. The Last Jedi. I, I, I had to go home and I was thinking about it and I was like, they did use an iron in Hardware Wars, didn't they? They used an, yep. ar- an iron for the, for the Star Destroyer. And then I went and watched yep. Hardware Wars and I'm like, there is no way that that was put in there without him knowing, without him being like, yeah, we need a Hardware Wars reference in here. And that made me really... That made me just feel really good about the director. You know, I was just like, okay, I like this guy. <laughs> yeah, I liked that a lot. I thought that was actually pretty clever. And what's funny is I I didn't think it was a direct reference. I just thought, oh, that's funny. That's like Hardware Wars. And it wasn't until later that I read it. I was like, okay, that was a direct reference. Mm-hmm. Or, okay, I because I really didn't think that it was, you know? 
that I thought that was pretty cool. It just I just saw I was I was disappointed because I thought I was going to be the first one to 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 call it. And then, of course, I was like, you know, I ought to Google this first to make sure that I am not the first one. And, of course, I found, like, three articles of people who interviewed him and asked him. And I was just like, oh, well. Well, at least I'm right. Just not first. I think so, it got away with with all of that because I think the writing basically is really strong in this. And, and there, I, know, I know a lot of people have a problem with the jokiness. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on that. I think it's, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to come right out and say, I think it's poorly written. Uh I think it's actually very poorly written. I think it's just about as poorly written as the force awakens is. I think the reason it gets away with these things for me personally, and and this is where I'll be honest with you. I'm actively avoiding a rewatch of this movie. And it's because I kind of want to hold on to liking the movie. Mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of afraid to rewatch it because I'm afraid it'll start falling apart on rewatches the same way that Force Awakens did yeah, for me. Yeah, I, I don't uh, know about that. But uh, but the reason that it, it gets away with a lot of this and the reason why ultimately I walked out going, okay, that, that wasn't exactly the movie I wanted, but that was pretty damn good was that you know, you and I had said a long time ago, all the way back at the very beginning of Two True Freaks, when we speculated about, you know, a future trilogy, if there ever was one, that we said if they were going to do one and they were going to scrap the EU, which they did, then they damn well better do something original. They better do something mm-hmm. that none of us had predicted that they were going to do. They better give us some new stuff and, and go in directions that were non-predictable. And that's exactly what they did. So I feel like I don't really have a lot of room to bitch and complain about this movie because they gave me exactly what I asked them to do. Mm -hmm. Is it the direction I wanted them to go? Is it the things I wanted them to do? No. Some of those things are pretty cool. Some of those things are seriously friggin' lame. But ultimately, they gave me exactly what I asked them to give me, which was give me something unpredictable new and original yeah. don't just rehash the eu don't just go in predictable directions right and, and ultimately that's what they did so like i say i just i don't feel he like i have a lot of room to bitch when they they gave me what i asked them to give me and ultimately that's kind of my problem with a lot of the fandom right now is that people are up in arms and bitching and complaining well you know it's it's not what i wanted and all that well Aren't these the same arguments that we had with the prequel trilogy? You know, a lot. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of these arguments are the same. Is that well, they're not doing what I wanted them to do. Well, you know, there's there are millions of Star Wars fans all over the world. You know, what what exact direction would satisfy everybody? There's not one. So, you know, yeah. in a lot of ways, I, I think they. Well, they kind of did the best that they could to, to try to please people, but ultimately there were people that were going to be upset because they were going in a bold new direction. Well, well where Force Awakens played it safe, this de- th- this movie made me rethink a lot of my life choices. <laughs> because, honest- <laughs> honestly, I got into film because... I saw Star Wars, and I, wa- and I was like, someday maybe I can make a Star Wars movie. And then as I was in film school and, and, you know, I enjoyed the process of making film and stuff. And I started meeting people from Hollywood 
you know, they, they were bringing in people to talk to us and stuff, and we'd get to meet them and see, these are the people you're going to interact with, and this is what life's going to be like. And I was just like, ooh, I don't want to, you know, I don't think it would be worth, you know, 20 or 25 years of this, and maybe I might be able to get a Star Wars movie. And then I thought to myself, even if I did get a Star Wars movie, you're not allowed to do much with a Star Wars movie. You know, it's such a big production and uh, it's 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 such a and fandom the being the way it is and has always been but you know, it's turned up to 11 now with with uh, media. Um, you would you, you you end up having to make a product like The Force Awakens where you're trying to please everyone and stuff. And then this movie proved me wrong. It, it, it seems to me like Disney told this guy, this seemed like, for, with its strengths and its failures, it seemed like the work of a filmmaker, you know, who, who said, okay, you know, this is what The Force Awakens gave me to work with, and I can, and, um, and we'll put a thumbtack in this later on for a conversation about where this goes in the fu- where the story goes in the future, but it looks like they pretty much gave him the latitude to to do bold things and then let him do it, and that is frankly something I never in a million years would have expected from a company like Disney who's purchased Star Wars for so many billions of dollars. And is releasing it into basically a tank of sharks, <laughs> and and having it be a kind of risky movie, uh, you know my my I mean that gave it a lot of latitude. And when I say it's well written, there's a lot of like dialogue things that I really don't like. Like I never would have written the line "big ass guns" into a Star Wars. There was there's a lot of stuff sort of dialogue delivered in in uh, modern you know American parlance and stuff right yeah but I'm 50 years old <laughs> in the theater that I watched it in and the theater that the bootleg that I'm watching it on watched it in that stuff landed like gangbusters I mean the the audience is is cracking up at all the at all the jokes and um um, I think one of the most telling things was the week after McGregor and I were like, "Hey, let's go back to the the one theater to see it." We and and we avoided like the big theater where everybody was going to show up on opening night with their lightsabers and all that to just go to the local right. one that's closer. There's always less people there, so we went there on a, a Monday afternoon to go catch a cheap matinee and. Uh, the matinee was sold out, so we would we were like, okay, we'll buy the tickets to the next show, which was a half hour later. Two tickets left to that, or, or there was like, yeah, two tickets left, and they're like, ah, you won't be able to sit next to each other for sure. And we were like, ah, screw it. And I looked over, and the whole lobby is filled with little kids, you know, for, like four little kids to each two adults who are there to wrangle all the little kids. And they... And there's one, you know, showing getting out and all the kids are just like eight feet in the air. You know, their parents are carrying them out like balloons and the other kids are just like, can't wait to get into the movie. And I was like, I have not seen that since 
I we went to see Star Wars when we were kids. Right. After we went to see Star Wars, you know, once the prequels and up, that audience has been filled with us and maybe a few, you know, it's been filled mostly with adults and teenagers. And you'll, you'll see kids, people taking their kids to the movies and stuff. But this was full-fledged, you know, boom, a million kids out to see Star Wars and primed to see Star Wars. And we walked out of there disappointed that we weren't going to see the movie, but we were kind of, like, revved up because, this, you know, that... Talk about nostalgia, you know? Oh, speaking of nostalgia, I know where I was going earlier and I and I, I lost my train of thought. I... I I, I snuck my recorder in <laughs> to the first <laughs> our, our first viewing of the Last Jedi, and I didn't know why I did it because I was like, "There's, you know, I know it'll there'll be a bootleg out." Actually, it worked out because bootleg had crappy sound, so I just listened to my sound, which had me eating popcorn all the way through it. But um. That just that just that just warms my heart. That's like that's like ET days, you know. Yeah, yeah. T- taking this t- tape recorder to ET and all those movies that we took took the recorder to. I love uh, that. Uh, you could hear you could hear Scott McGregor coughing every ten minutes or so, and you could hear me. <laughs> I was trying to be so quiet with my popcorn too, but I just I underestimate how good my my recorder is. Although I think the best part of it is you hear me freak out when Yoda shows up. I don't know about you. Well, I, I've, I've watched it a bunch of times. I can't watch the part with Yoda. I can't watch the part with Yoda and R2-D2 and Luke without just, like, tears. Go- now, and here's another, my, another one of my arguments towards well-written. That scene with Yoda and compare is the, the one of the best I think appearances of Yoda as far as like he's meaningful what he says is meaningful the way he acts is finally after like the prequel Yoda was fun but he just wasn't he was action Yoda I like philosopher you know Jedi teacher Yoda and this What's was our- him in full view and he he even reverted back a little to Empire mess with Luke phase and started joking around and messing with Luke, which brought Luke back to that, like, oh, you know, what? Oh, I'm white 18 again. <laughs> and every time I see it, I just, it just warms the cockles of my cockles. I, it, it was so well, well Gross. done. And, and the fact that he was a puppet too. And the fact that, um, all right, so we're well. Let me let me ask you real quick. What what's our what's our rating on this episode? Uh, <laughs> we always get an adult. I, I I usually an episode where I appear in. I usually almost automatically check it as adult content because okay, I'm never really sure what I've said at any point, so I play it safe. So yeah, feel so free. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be upbeat and positive this episode, but I just have to say <laughs> since you brought it up, I fucking hated that scene. Really? Yes. I'm yes. So surprised. I really hated that scene. What's funny? I don't know if you've listened to it. Um, Paul Spataro put up a uh, an is it Jaws recently 
where he had Scott Rifen on the show to talk about Last Jedi. I don't know if you listened to it or not. I, I, I have been and... purposely staying away. I, I did see Scott Rifen's, um, like, I, I think it was right after he saw them. It was him sitting in his car. And, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And he did, I watched that too. Did a good lengthy review. And I saw that one. So I know Scott's general opinion on it, but I also know that probably by the time Paul got a hold of him, Scott probably had watched it like four more times too. <laughs> so, but See, yeah, I don't know if, if he did a scene, if he talked about a scene that he loved, but he spent a lot of time talking about a scene that he absolutely hated. Which, I'll be honest, really, really, really shocked me. And the scene that he absolutely hated was the scene where Leia saves herself, where she force pulls herself back to the ship. I gotta be honest with you, that was one of the highlights of the movie for me. I loved that scene, and I'd, I'd love to sit and talk with him sometime to, to try to figure out, you know... Why did he love it so much and I hated it? Or the other way around. He hated it so much and I loved it so much. But listening to that, I got to thinking, one of the things I really wanted to bring to this episode, because I knew if the Yoda thing comes up, that I, I was not going to be able to hold back on that. But I wanted to be able to to balance it. I wanted to be able to, okay, if I'm going to talk about a scene that I really hated, I want to talk about kind of the scene that I really loved. And that was one of the big scenes I really loved. I, that, I loved I might the be, I scene. might be I right in the middle fantastic. ground between you and Rifen on that, because I did not hate the scene. Actually, I, I, I kind of love the scene. In, there's parts of it that I love, and the only part of it, the, the part of it that took me out was the the Superman, you know, flying with it with one hand forward. And it was just, and it, was, and it wasn't that she was doing that. That, to me... Is something I, I I've actually waited for for my whole life. <laughs> you know, is is finally Leia like a sign that Leia is is gonna yeah, start was harnessing the force. Yeah. But yeah. the the way that that shot like it, the the my first thought with when she started to move forward was oh my god there there's gonna be so many gifs and memes on you know Superman Leia or whatever. It was a little stiff. But, like, by the time she started flying back into the ship, that's when it started, like, actually, like, kind of choking me up. And the scene that, you know, when she got um, um, blown out into space, not sucked out <laughs> into space, when she got blown out into space, I thought, okay, as everybody did, that's how they're going to deal with Carrie Fisher's death. And when yep. they cut back to her... I mean, that's got to be one of the most shocking moments in cinema I've had in a while. I'm like, wait a minute, are they going to just grind her death into the ground here? Yeah. What's I going thought, on? You know, are they going to milk this? I think that's this? part of why the scene worked so well for me, because I really thought, okay, this is tasteless. Yes, yes. You know? But then when she she starts to come around and she pulls herself, I think that's why that scene works for me so well. When, when they I, I, I will face. freely admit that if she was not... If she hadn't died in real life just shortly before this film was released, maybe that scene wouldn't have been so powerful to me. But it was. It was a it was a it was a series of conflicting emotions in rapid succession. It was, oh my God, they're killing her off. Oh my god, this is so really? This is oh, this is taste. Oh, come on, don't do oh oh wait, wait. Oh, oh yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah, you know, yeah, that, yeah. that was kind of the, the, the thought process. That's in that, pretty you know? much where that's pretty much where I was. I also remember um um, thinking, 
really? They're going to commit to this because now she's still alive. You know, you can't kill her again in the movie. That would be really cheesy. So I'm like, wow, they're like, you know, I thought when I saw that scene, I'm like, wow, this is really early in the movie. This is how they're dealing with this. And and it turns out in in looking back at it, when the, when talking to the director and uh, about how they wrote it, he said, no, we we this was the story before Carrie Fisher died. And we did not we decided not to alter it. So that's how it was going to be no matter what. I mean, that's that's pretty bold. You know, most movies would have been like, okay, we have to, you know, and you could have gotten away with Leia not making it through this movie um, story without changing the story or how a lot of it played out. So, yeah, very brave idea that the scene of her face and there's something about her face in this movie compared to The Force Awakens where you can see the old the the princess leia you know not just carrie fisher you can see i don't know it's it's a um i don't know if it's just something in my own brain or doesn't make sense no i know exactly what you mean because that i had problems with that in force awakens too that that somehow you know i mean everybody ages you know it's just unfortunately it's just one of those things but I could still look at Han Solo or, you know, Harrison Ford, old Harrison Ford, and still see Han Solo. He's been acting sometimes for, for the yeah, last Maybe that years. was part of it. Yeah. She but hasn't I, I, been. I had trouble looking at her and, and connecting her with 19 year old Carrie Fisher mm. from Star Wars. I, not, I had a real problem with that. But in this one, not in this one at all. There was more of it. Yeah. No, she was, she was, she was in character. Yeah. Like fully in character. But she had things to do. Yes. And that and, was part of the problem in Force Awakens is they didn't really give her anything to do, you know? And and the stuff that she was doing, but even the, the, the little touches, little looks she would give people or the way she would say something had that care. And it was the exact same thing, even more so with Mark Hamill. Mark, I, I mean, I was worried about, a little worried about him, although he has been acting in the, that, you know that I would be seeing Mark Hamill and coming out and doing Luke Skywalker. But I got to say, he really like put himself in the role you, yeah. to, to the point of, of where it, that, and I think that's where if his character arc went where I didn't want it to, it didn't matter as much to me because I felt like I was watching Luke Skywalker. Cause it's like, if, if you, get sucked into it enough to where you're accepting it as like quote unquote real life at the moment of your experiencing it real life doesn't always turn out you know in an in expected ways so i just wanted to you know i mean i really want just want to know i'm i'm watching that character and have him feel like he's doing what that character would do and under the circumstances and once you knew you know roughly the circumstances it all made sense in, in inside the movie and was acceptable to me. As a matter of fact, I think the whole, you know, drama between him and Kylo Ren actually makes sense. I think they've pulled something that, that makes sense with that. And yeah. And, and if I was Kylo Ren and I woke up with my mass with Luke Skywalker, my master contemplating offing me. Yeah. That would be uh 
<laughs> that would pretty much drive me away like that, you know? So good job. <laughs> with... <laughs> All right. I, at the, at the risk of, of, <laughs> I think we're both inviting all pivot. kinds of, uh, of negative comments and all, I'll tell you one of my huge positives for this. And I'm curious what you're going to say about this as well. Okay. No Han Solo. That oh. was a huge positive for me in this movie. Um, <laughs> Because one of my big issues, actually probably be my biggest issue with The Force Awakens is that somebody seemed to forget that this is the adventures of Luke Skywalker. Right. And having Luke show up for, you know, 10 seconds at the end of the film really sucked to me. I, I thought that was, you know, that was a really, I thought that was a shitty way to treat the fans. And I didn't like that Han essentially carried the movie. You know, it, it was more Han's story than anybody else. I don't dislike Han Solo, but I think it's important to remember that Han Solo was never supposed to be anything more than Luke and Ben's transportation to Alderaan, who, act, who ends up getting sucked into one adventure. And that was supposed to be all he ever was. Now, because of the of the popularity of that character and everything, of course, you know, we, we eventually got him in, in Empire and Jedi and all of that. But that was never the intention that that he would become a front and center character of the universe, you know. And I really I really didn't like that with Force Awakens, that it, it was more about him than anybody else, especially Luke. So in this, I kind of liked because one of the things I really dreaded going into this is that I, I really thought there would be a whole long drawn out thing with, you know, like a funeral for Han and all. And they didn't do any of that. I mean, no, he's they barely just, even they, referenced. They, they just that's but the, the way they referenced it was see m more argument for for the good writing is the the first reference to Han in it is when Chewie shows up to Luke's hut and, you know. He's like, you're here in the Falcon, and then you can see his brain go click, click, click. He looks at Chewie, and then the way he says, where's Han, is That's just... also a big nitpick for me, though, because shouldn't he know that? He's cut himself off from the Force. Oh, for Christ's sake. He's got to, or else they're going to come to it. You know, he's got to protect the, the sacred island, and if he was out... Yeah. That, that's my... Right, that's my... No prize. No, I why. think you're. I think you're right. I think that is supposed to be the intent of that scene, but that bothered me, and it still. I'll be honest, it still bothers me. Just having him ask the question to me, it, it somehow it belittles Luke. I feel like he should still be connected to his family. Like somehow he should, he should have known. The same way Leia felt Han die, I felt right. like Luke should have felt it even that much stronger. You know what I mean? If she could feel it, he he should definitely be able to feel it, kind of thing. But I, I get what you're saying. I mean, as far as the the internal, you know, logic of the story and all, because he does say that that he's you know he's he's abandoned the force and all that. But I mean, is the that only, even the something thing that's that made possible? Me, the only thing that like cut against that too with me, and this is just a nitpicky nitpick, is okay. Luke's cut off from the force. There's no way you're doing that trick with the stick where you go from cliff to cliff and then catch a fish <laughs> without using the force. I'm sorry, right. that's not just hand-eye coordination, so whatever. you know. But that was the only sort of force tricky thing that he did up until the end, you know? 
in 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 retrospect. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, come on. I mean, he's he's oh, living no, on he a blew up that hut too. He he's living he he's living on an island smaller than than Easter Island for God's sake. How the hell is he sustaining himself? What's he's he's living on nothing but fish? Fish and blue milk. That's another thing people hate the blue milk. I love the blue milk. I love that he milks a blue milk creature, and I love that it was Mark Hamill's idea, because it's just one of those weird things, you know. It's one of those weird off Star Wars things that it's just like, what's he? Do? Oh, whoa. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was a, that was a little weird. I thought <laughs> it was weird, but I like those. I like those touches and stuff that, that you know. There, the, I mean, the the watching Star Wars the first time, everything was that weird. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, so I, I I'm I'm a I'm a booster of the blue milk. Um, I think I I love I love Luke Skywalker in this. I think, except for you know Ray and Ka- I, I think everybody else sort of gets again. A lot of the same characters who sort of got short character shrift got it again in this this movie. Um, not to a horrible effect, but like, well, like, well, Poe, Poe got I, you know, he got a little arc in you know learning that to trust his elders and more experienced people or or whatever. Finn, it's almost like Finn. They like preserved him almost literally on ice, you know, from the last movie. So he would be like the, once again, the character who just is sort of like the proxy for a little kid, you know, the, the super naive character who doesn't really know what's going on or have a full grasp on, on reality. And he's Jordy. I think he's Jordy LaForge. He's he's less he's less he's not as smart as Jordy LaForge. He's not as <laughs> experienced, you know what I mean? Or Jordy LaForge has got a little more metal than him and I think they're key I, I've always thought his character is the character for, for kids to to identify with. Because he sort of acts and reacts uh, no. like a kid would. And I'm just glad to find out that I'm not the only one that feels like they colossally missed a great opportunity in this with that character by not having him die when he is flying into the beam. I understand. I, I thought what that was saying the moment for him with that, because with that scene where they're like, oh, we, you know, we, we save the people we love instead of trying to destroy the people that we hate. It's like, all right, that's a nice line. But at the same point. At that point, she had just... He was about to save the day. And I mean, right. really, they really needed to get that gun out of there. And she just ruined everything. They didn't know, you know, at that point, they don't know Luke Skywalker is going to show up. And that's that's the most plot device part of the... That's like one of the weak, big weak points of this movie for me was that scene. Although the character of Rose, I was... Um, on her first 30 seconds, I was ready to hate her character. And uh, then I was happy that they put more into... I thought, oh, she's going to be the character that... the the You know, fa- she's a fanboy character that, like, the fan people can go like, ooh, that, you know, I identify with her. And she sort of is at first, but she's just using it as a ruse 
to to nail Finn trying to desert and and I kind of like that she was given more depth but you know um I think her character was meant to do you know was useful in like the Canto Bright scenes but in that that scene where she knocks him out of that just sort of I was like yeah no um I was fully prepared for him to die at that and that was another good thing about the movie is it was surprising enough. So at that point I was like, "Oh, they're gonna kill off, uh, <laughs> they're gonna kill off Finn." That's surprising, <laughs> and um, and maybe not killing him off was one too many. Was the like one turned something on its head too many? In, in the movie for I mean once again it wasn't anything that like ruined the movie for me because it was also right before one of my favorite I love the scene of Luke with versus Kylo Ren um, oh yeah a lot of people a lot a lot of people just really hate it and I think maybe they hate it just for the fact that it, that Luke wasn't there in real life you know they wanted they wanted a real lightsaber, you know. Um, it would have been the only, like, quote, you know, lightsaber fight in the whole movie. Yeah, it would have been the only lightsaber fight in the whole movie. So I, I could see, and that's another one. I can see how it would be disappointing. Part of me maybe wanted to be disappointed by it, but the way that it came off, I thought it was, it was. Be- beautiful uh, the the um see around kid line is brilliant it, it that could have could have been written by um Lawrence Kasdan what does he say that luke says that luke, that's the last thing luke says to kylo ren he like winks at him and says see you around kid and i think i missed that it's almost like han solo jumps into luke skywalker for a second and and um so i'm <laughs> I would, if I was writing the next movie, I would have Luke terrorizing Kylo Ren, <laughs> showing up as a Force ghost and being like, "How you doing, Ben? <laughs> not, work, not working out so well for you, is it? You know, and and just you know picking at his edges." Now let me ask you something, because there's there's one thing that that seriously did not make a lot of sense to me in this movie. So after after Kylo Ren dispatches with snoke mm-hmm. and it seriously looks like he and ray are, are going to join forces he he doesn't but to me it almost it almost felt like once snoke was dead it, it was kind of it reminded me of and i think it's supposed to it reminded me of return of the jedi you know when the emperor gets thrown down the shaft and all that and it so imagine if in Return of the Jedi, Vader picks up the Emperor, chucks him down the shaft, so the Emperor is now dead, and then Vader picks up his lightsaber and starts fighting with Luke again. What you know, wouldn't you be like, wait, what? Yeah. And that's kinda how kinda how I was with this. It's like why why the hell are they still fighting? Why is Kylo Ren still the bad guy at the end of the movie? I didn't understand that. Because he had he um he, he Kylo, I, Kylo Ren and the, the, I, I think the theme of this movie is is plans going awry 
almost right. nobody's plans go the way they're supposed to. The closest is Kylo Ren, where he gets to become, you know, supreme leader or whatever. But even still, that's more of a that's more of an effect of Snoke's plans. Not Snoke had his plan of Kylo Ren killing Rey, and you know, to complete his training. Kylo Ren had his his picture of the whole thing, which was he was going to defeat Snoke and and pull Ray in with him and Ray had her say that they were going to defeat Snoke and and all of them may have even had their own little visions of that was what was going to happen and something about you know Ray and Kylo Ren are connected even the even beyond Snoke putting them together cuz that whole scene where they fight the the um, whatever they call the those version the the super the Praetorian guards the Praetorian guards when they fight the Praetorian guards I mean the way that's filmed they I you, you could tell they just purposely showed them to be almost they're fighting as a unit you know they go back to back right. they shadow each other they they're shadowing each other's movements or anticipating each other's moves and 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 working together in perfect like you know, opposites harmony in that scene. And both of them are convinced that they're going to, that they're going to pull the other one their way. And, um, I think it was, it's kind of convenient that the whole thing gets broken up by Holdo's, you know, hyper hyper space jump. But, you know, it, it, it's kind of, it kind of works in a dramatic operatic sense. But, um, I think Kylo Ren seriously thought he was good. They, they seriously thought, I thought the scene where she's just like, all right, now we can call off the attack and stuff. And then she realizes he's not going to do it. And then the way she just goes, Ren, like, you know, completely all her hopes and dreams are squashed. And that, and like the, the actress really portrays it well. And, uh, yeah, and it's and it's through all those failures that it sets up the new dynamic of what this story is going to be going forward. You know, I mean, Kylo Ren. I I think basically Kylo Ren has gone beyond his redemption point, and um, yeah, we 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 don't know. I mean, Ray was still eager to to um to turn him right but um see i guess that was the my problem is that i thought she had yeah by, that's by how you were supposed him to. to take out his master i thought she had turned him back and ultimately i guess she didn't but i don't feel like the movie's a hundred percent clear on that point I, I don't maybe, know. Maybe, maybe it's me. I mean, I, I'm willing no, to I don't own know some if it's of it myself. To be but... Totally clear because I mean, people are the speculation going on around it is 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 an effect of it not being that clear. I mean, there's a lot of people who are like, look, maybe that's what Snoke wanted because Snoke had said a couple times that you know death can't death isn't something that could stop him even. So maybe Snoke was. You know, one person has theorized that, like, Kylo Ren's last step 
was to kill Snoke, and Snoke was trying to operate, you know, that situation. That's, I think, overthinking it a little bit. Well, I don't know about that because Snoke looked pretty fucking surprised if you yes, ask he me. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And and also now that we know that the way they're writing this movie is is all that all, all that speculation is just that is speculation because nobody you know I don't I, I mean they're probably writing episode nine right now. But they weren't right. writing episode nine after episodes. You know, they didn't. They didn't come up with an epi- uh, outline of seven, eight, and nine. We now know. Does that bother you? Um, in a way, yes, because I know George Lucas was faking a lot of times with like, oh, I know exactly what's going to happen, top to bottom. You know, I okay, I, ex- I I I forgive and expect that sort of amount of fakingness. But he did have a general idea. Right. Of where everything was going once they started doing Empire Strikes Back and they were going to round out, you know. And the same with the prequel, the prequels for sure, you know. Mm -hmm. A lot of stuff was planned out. So the the thing about this is, okay, it it can end up with a good movie like this, but it it sort of defeats any kind of... um, Oh, how would I put it? The Star Warsian arc. You know, people have talked about the whole, um, all the patterns of repetition and and echo right. and all that throughout Star Wars movies. And this movie is a reflection of this movie. That gets thrown out. Any of that gets thrown out of the table. You know, right out in the wind when when you start doing it this way because you don't know. So basically. In some ways, these movies are becoming almost more response movies, and and I know the director de- de- denies it, but I definitely think there was a lot of response in the Last Jedi to the um, complaints about the Force Awakens. I think in oh, when they made the when Ryan at Johnson the, wrote at this, this movie. Point, at this point with this movie, no one is ever, I don't care what anybody says at this point, nobody is ever going to convince me at this point that they didn't do with this movie exactly what you and I said that they were going to do after Force Awakens, which was they, that I, I'm firmly convinced now that J.J. Abrams, if you look at Force Awakens and what a threadbare story that is right. for that movie... That he sat down, he slapped some shit together, he basically did a, a half-assed remake of Episode Four, and he said, "All this shit that we don't know, who's Ray? You know, who, where does Ray come from? Who, what's her parentage? Who's Snoke? How the hell is the First Order even a thing? Who exactly are the Resistance? You know, all these things that were giant questions. Walking away from Force Awakens, you and I said when we talked about that movie." Right after it came out, we said, you know what? I don't think they have any of this shit plotted out, and they're going to wait for us to fill in the blanks. And I think that's exactly what they did. And, and I think and this they movie did, they almost also, proves that. They almost waited for, uh, well, in some ways, not literally to fill in the blanks, but sometimes to fill in the blanks by doing the opposite of what people were expecting. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will totally agree with that. I think what they did, especially with Ray is I think they looked at all of the th- you know the theories that popped up and what is it what has it been 2 years cuz it's not been 3 years all like the it's speculation the on snow but they looked too. at everything and I think that they basically tried to choose what they thought 
was the best, even if the best meant let's not go with any of that. Right, and, and right. let's go with something completely opposite just to keep the fans guessing and just to seem different and original and all that. And for the most part, I'll give them credit, for the most part, it worked. I really liked the Ray reveal, even though I thought I would hate that. I actually liked it a lot. Um, you know, where things go with Luke and everything. I liked that. But we, we've kind of talked about him a couple of times. This is the point where I'd like to kind of get into this seriously because I'm really cu curious about what you think. The one huge one, though, that did not work for me that I'm calling huge, huge, huge bullshit on is Snoke. So I was reading something a day or two ago from the director. What, what's his name? Is Ryan it Ryan? Johnson? Ryan yeah. Johnson. To where he was being forced, essentially, to, to deal with this question of Snoke and everything. And reading the, the article over, what I really got a sense from, from him was he said something about basically... Well, do you really need Snoke's story? You know, we never really got much of anything about the Emperor, and nobody really seemed bothered about that. You know, he was just, he's the bad guy, and that that's, you know, go. And I have to call such bullshit on that, because that's really not true. I mean, the Emperor doesn't just show up in Return of the Jedi. He had been built up for two movies before we actually got to him. You know, he's talked about a little bit in the original Star Wars and just the title Emperor. I mean, how much do you really need? He's he's the guy in charge. He's the emperor. But we did get little things here and there in, in dribs and drabs in the first two movies before we actually see him as a full fledged character in Return of the Jedi. And even in Return of the Jedi itself, they kind of build to that revelation that, oh, wow, he actually has powers. You know, he, he's, he's force adept and all of that. So you're, you're led to, you know, that, that, that final confrontation at the end of Return of the Jedi. I never felt like there were gaps in the story. Like, I, I couldn't follow it. Like, who the hell is this guy? And that's all Snoke is, is who the hell is this guy? Yeah. You get none of that with this character. When, when, now, when they killed a... him, that was the moment that they sort of announced, yeah, he wasn't as meaningful as you thought he was. I think that was the sort of point is like, yeah, he wasn't the, you know, it was like, well, you thought he was going to be the big baddie, but he's just basically a stepping stone he's kind of maybe that's, like a dooku more than an that's emperor that's fine but that's you know here my the difference here is that i'm i'm perfectly all right with the way that they just kind of dispatch him that ultimately whoops i guess he was just a bitch after all he's he's not that big of a deal but the difference here and and i don't this time i don't think it's just me i think a lot of other people are feeling the same way is you know, I feel much the same way about him as I felt about when Luke's lights, his original lightsaber turns up in Force Awakens and Lady Yoda is just like, eh, you know, don't worry about it's it. It's a story like, no, for no, no, another no, no, no. time. You, you, you need to explain that shit. And right now, she, she basically said that's a story stuff. for a, for another EU book down the line. Right. So we're led to believe in the original trilogy and especially, you know, at the end of Return of the Jedi that while the you know there may be remnants of the empire the sith is done there were two there was the emperor the master and darth vader the apprentice both of whom are dispatched at the end of that movie now we get you know all these years later and now you've got snoke 
you gotta give me, you gotta throw me a bone here somewhere. Well, I mean, Snoke is obviously also old enough to have overlapped with the Emperor too, so that makes it a little bit, you know, right? curious. But I mean, my my point is, is that it doesn't have to be huge. It didn't have to be a whole movie. It didn't have to be a, a half an hour flashback. A line of dialogue would have sufficed, but they don't even throw us that. And I, that, to me, is piss-poor writing. To me, it just tells me, we didn't really have a story for this guy, so don't worry about it. And yeah. it's like, no, damn it, you need to fill that blank in. You need, to let, you need to throw me some bone of who this guy was. You know, all they had to say was he was... I don't know. He he was like that character in the in the Marvel Star Wars annual. You know, it was just somebody that 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 the Emperor was keeping on the back burner in case Vader ever got a cold or oh, something. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that guy. Something like that. You know, he was he was uh, you know a, a one of a. I'm trying to think of the word, and I, I'm blanking on it. But you know, he was similar to. Um, what was the late uh, Asajj Ventress? Where she, you yes. know, she was a full apprentice, but but what's his, Dooku was keeping her on the hook, you know, right, right, something like that. Hell, I would have been, I would have been perfectly content if. Do you remember in Return of the Jedi? I'm trying to remember what the hell scene it is, but there's a scene where Vader's talking to the Emperor, and then when basically when 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 the Emperor's done with him and he just dismisses Vader. Then those creepy-looking dudes walk up to him that look like like emissaries or something. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? And they're dressed like one of them's dressed in purple with like a pope hat or something. Yeah, they they if remind that, me of the guy that, that shows up in Rogue One to tell Vader that Krennic yeah, is there. Yeah, just like if a creepy. That just like guy a... had been Snoke, I'd have been perfectly con hmm. like because he's there, you know. Well, and, and, and you know what I mean. Well, I just needed we're something. Get... Here's where we're going to get people probably getting mad at me. And if Ryan Johnson was listening to this, he might get mad at me. I do, I get, and I know this is something that has, that can only be an opinion of mine in my mind because it's, you know, if it's true, it's never going to be expressed be, just by the manner of the way people make movies and stuff. I don't think Ryan Johnson was a big fan of J.J. Abrams. And right. I, I, I think when he got The Last Jedi, he kind of, like, J.J. Abrams, to me, is one of those guys, like, lost, where it's like, oh, I can set up all these things, I have no idea where they're going, and then it's somebody else's problem to finish it off, and it's not gonna, you know, so that was sort of where The, the, the Force Awakens left Ryan Johnson, it's like, okay... What do you, you here? Are, here are the things that you have to work with, and I don't think Snoke was one of his favorite things that he had to work with. You know, I don't right. think he was. I think when and and I think there was also so much internet, you know, talk and speculation about who Snoke was. Was he Sifo-Dyas or you know, or was he? Who you know? Who could he, or what, what was his name from? Uh, um, oh, Darth Plagueis. Plagueis, or you know, something like that. That he was just like, you know what? I don't even want to. It was almost like he's like, I don't want to deal with it. You know what? Snoke is just an idiot, <laughs> and and we'll get rid of him and we'll move on to what I what what I want to do. And and I felt that suspicion all the way through the movie. 
you know, that he was just a, sort of like, all right, I'm going to wrestle this into a direction that I feel is more the original and, and, and still Star Wars-y. But I didn't really cement home till the very... And this was a, this was a scene, and I still would count this as one of my, like, nitpicks of, like, I don't really like this scene, is where at the very end when when um the way they get rid of all the tie fighters that are that are attacking everybody is that they go chase the millennium falcon cuz kylo ren goes go get that ship i hate my daddy's ship and then they go underground and it basically recreates the scene from return of the jedi but it's also i th- it, 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 they they and it's the one point where they flat out lift Ben's death in TIE Fighter attack for a yeah. good chunk of that, you know. So yeah. that was that was the one scene in, in The Last Jedi that I saw that felt like when I watched The For- Force Awakens and J.J. Abrams would go like, hey, look at this little nostalgia thing, you know. Does this remind you of Star Wars? That was so flat on the nose and it was so out of tune with the other, because I didn't feel like any other any of the references or anything like that in this movie was like shoved in there. It worked or more organically for me, except for that scene, which totally made me go like, "Oh, yeah, Ben's death and Tie Fighter attack out there, you know, Death Star trench." And then I was like thinking about the, I, I think it was the first J.J. Abrams uh, Star Trek movie where they where they basically recreated the scene from Jedi at the end. And I'm like, is he poking fun at JJ Abrams for being like a, you know, member berries, like the, the South park shows with this, because <laughs> it was so out of place with everything else. And so kind of ham handed. It reminded me of in rogue one with the, like, you know, we're wanted men type of right. type of scene. And, and it was the only one in the movie that did that did that to me so i uh, in my mind well, here's, that's here's the thing giving i the don't finger think, to jj abrams and going like hey look, i don't this think is you're you. wrong i don't think you're wrong because actually while i was actively watching the movie in the theater i started to get that vibe very early in the picture that this guy, you know, I don't know whether he he's friends with him or enemies enemies with him. If he loves him, if he hates him, but I definitely got the impression that he interpreted his job on this picture to fix fix yes. a lot of the the J.J. Abramness from and it was a messy the prior job film. to do. It, mm-hmm. it was a messy job to fix that stuff, and it was kind of a messy job for J.J. Abrams to bring it back in in the whatever way he did it so but i liked this mess this mess what felt like a star wars mess to me you know Mm -hmm. and it felt like a a necessary mess in order to get everything back on track and back on the rails even if it's not in the way because honestly I was under the impression, and they had said this because they had said this, and and, and this is sort of the same thing as George Lucas going, there will be nine movies, and then being like, well, there will only be six. And, I mean, a lot of this is going to be affected by Carrie Fisher's death, but 
the first the, this movie was supposed to be or this trilogy was supposed to be the trilogy that winds up all the original characters so they were uh, the plan was you know Han Solo's story arc finalizes in the first movie and then we get Luke in the second movie and then Leia turns out to be sort of the you know we we're probably going to get finally Leia being a force wielder for the third movie. Well, that's knocked all off the tracks by Carrie Fisher's death. But then at the same time, at the end of this, you have Luke Skywalker's gone and Carrie Fisher ain't coming back. They've already said she's not going to be another actress or not going to be CGI. So, you, you know, well, that's and, the thing though. Do you really buy that? Cause I mean, they said that yes, at the beginning, but, it's going to be a couple of I don't know how you could pull now. it off. I don't know how you could pull off a real like main char- like a main character whose arc is supposed to like be one of the main, you know, things holding that the plot to that movie together. If you did that with a CGI Carrie Fisher, I just don't know how it would how it would fly. You, know you don't even have do. a voice, you know. You know what we need to do? We need to find the actual press article about that and and reread it because i want to know does it say carrie fisher won't be back or princess leia won't be back because there's a huge difference there well i mean they could have princess leia as an off-screen presence you know you could i just think with the way this movie ends i you know and she's now such a pivotal character such an important character and the only remaining uh you know, human member of the original cast, you know, I mean, you know, of the principals, yeah. you know, Han, Han, Luke, and Leia, she's the only one left. I think if they come into the next one and, you know, the scroll says, you know, in the intervening six months, you know, Princess Leia had a heart attack and died, I'd be like, God damn it. You know, I, I th- well, just think that feels like such a cheat, you know? Well, so that's I don't the thing, think they that's can the thing do that. Is that's, you know? that's where they're sort of... Uh, that. That's why... I mean, like... Her staying alive was an awesome boon to this movie. You know, her character had stuff to do. Her, the 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 wisdom she had to pass on was worth passing on, and her role made sense in it. But by them holding it the same way, boy, they set up a pickle for the next movie. And this is where this is where. It, where the boom, 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 hits the next movies in J.J. Abrams' hands, and J.J. Abrams. Now is this guy done? Is this uh, this Ryan Johnson? Is he done? No, he's not done. They, I, I, you see, this is this is. Uh, uh, I was. You, it's funny. It's you, perfect transition. Is when when they were um, when this movie was completed and they were starting to show it to test uh, preview audiences and test audiences and stuff. It was obvious it was getting a really good reaction to me because the first thing that happened was J.J. Abrams started crowing about um, – J.J. Abrams saw it and then came – like made a press release saying, I'm going to do so much better next time. I promise. I just want to tell everybody, you know – I'm I'm going to, you know, take this in directions that nobody ever, you know. He obviously saw The Last Jedi and went, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> I could have, you know. 
and I and suck. And, and 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 it made me really mad because the the last Jedi was not out yet. It's in the run up of Last Jedi coming out, and maybe somebody told him to shut up. But J.J. Abrams kept putting out press releases about Episode Nine and stuff, and it's like Jesus Christ, let this movie come out and ha- and right. breathe and have its day. And then we'll start talking about your movie, J.J. Abrams. You're going to get your chance again. Don't worry, you know. And uh, But then he started doing like, oh, I'm going to do much better next time. And it's just like, yeah, yeah. Now you got – now the bar has been raised a little bit. And uh, <laughs> you're not he, – he cannot get away with another Force Awakens for the ninth – for episode nine. You can't do it. No, People will not accept it. They, they're going to want – more meat so that's that's maybe a a good thing hopefully he'll he'll rise to the challenge but um well, ryan he, johnson got thing. three more movies ryan johnson got his own trilogy separate. no i meant i meant was he done as far as so he won't have any involvement because here's the thing i'm thinking is that if you take the two of them i think if you took the two of them and, and mashed them together on one picture there's probably a hell of a good movie in there. But I think because between the two, they'd probably balance each other out pretty good. Because as you say, JG's a good idea guy. He just can't follow through on anything. And this guy is good at cleaning up the mess. So I think if you if you put the two of them together, that could that could potentially well, be a really spectacular yeah. picture. Ryan you know? Johnson is also better visually than JJ. Like that was my bit, one of my big and I, I kind of uh, we hoping I did a commentary about it. And I was like, you know, she she's she's younger, and she, that that was the first like new Star Wars movie she got to see in a theater. You know. Oh no, right. I, I shouldn't say that. No, she saw the prequels in the theater. Um but you know, I was I was you know, squashing all over it because it's just that that thin JJ I, I can't remember exactly where I was going with this. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, but he doesn't have the the he he could have a space battle. And there were space battles in it, and it looked like a Star Wars space battle, but he doesn't have that eye that George Lucas has that sucks you into it. The so the, the, that last battle at the end with the with the <laughs> Star Killer base, it was just when I was watching. Every time I watch it, it's just like watching someone play a video game. You know they have to do these things, and you watch them do it. You, right. you don't get sucked into the cockpit. That's why Rogue One, when they had a, a finally a real space battle, that made you you know you knew what was going on. And in last in Last Jedi, that first battle with the bombers, it's unlike any other Star Wars battle because it's sort of this long. It's it's more of a strategic battle. I love the way the bombers look. By the way, they look like yeah. bombers with no wings on them, but. You I've know. heard people bitching about those, and I'm like, shut up! Yeah, uh, are you cool kidding me? Star Wars ship that actually looks Star Warsy. Shut up! They're very Star Warsy, and they they look like something George Lucas would have approved of because they look yes. like a World War, like that combination of spaceship and World War Two, and and they had their own thing. They were big, bulky, very fragile. You know, they had to be protected, and so you got a whole new aspect of Star Wars space battle. You know the a bomber run, and 
and and and it sucked you in. And whenever there was a visual fight or something, Ryan Johnson knows how to make it look and feel Star Warsy, and by but not by going like, oh look, here's star a bunch of Star Wars things stuck on top of each other, you know. So, yeah, I if if you put the two of them together, yeah, it would probably be real. I I think they should do it with. Somebody, I I think really they should just grab George Lucas and have him be an executive producer, to the point of where he's just like a hired gun, and he could just have the attitude of like, yeah, I'll come in and say like, ah, eh, no, I don't like this, I don't like that, I don't like this, I don't like that, and um, you know, maybe not have ultimate override power, but have, you know, I think that would, or even someone like. George Lucas, you know, somebody who's going to be there on, even though there's a different director, you're going to have that person personally, maybe Dave Filoni who did Clone Wars and Rebels would be good for yeah. that. He has a really good sense of Star Wars stories and the look of it. And, and, and to, uh, Hope and I were talking about it. Dave Filoni has made more quality Star Wars than anybody else in the universe. <laughs> when you tell, when you look at when you add up the hours of even if you take out all the bad episodes of Clone Wars, that's hours and hours and hours of quality Star Wars. So, yeah, I I'm I'm interested in the next movie. I'm going to go see the next movie, but in no way am I like, you know, there's there's no um specific story thread that I'm wondering about anymore. You know what I mean? It's not like who's raised parents. I definitely know what you mean because I, I was going to ask you about that. You know, that's one of the things I really wanted to to address, you know, with this being, you know, this episode being titled The State of the Star Wars Union is yeah. kind of where are you with Star Wars now? Because I have to be honest with you, at this point, I, I don't care at all about episode nine. I really don't. And it's not because I didn't like this one. It's because I'm satisfied with this one. To me, the story's over. But, of course, for me, the story was over not only with, with Return of the Jedi, but the story for me was really over when, when the Marvel Star Wars series ended. You know, that was really all the Star Wars I ever needed. And I've said that many times. You know, I enjoyed the prequels, but, of course, that was going backwards in time and filling in gaps. It wasn't going forward. I, I was never, and I will never be, you know, happy with them undoing the happily ever after. It probably should bother me a lot more in this movie that, you know, where Luke wound up. But strangely, it, it didn't only because it is very different from the EU. And as I had said before, if they were if they were going to do these movies, then damn it, don't just retread where you've already been. Right. Do something original. And it's weird because I don't know. There's there's a lot of the movie you know, with Luke, especially that I feel like I, I should have been upset about, but I kind of liked where it went because when. When While I, I wasn't happy seeing him as a bitter old man, he's he. It's still in the long run. It's, it's something of a redemption arc, which is Star Warsy because that was Vader's whole story. Yeah. It was you know it was the fall of of Anakin Skywalker, Anakin Skywalker, and the redemption of Darth Vader. So you know I, I see that kind of you know, played out in, in one movie here where, you know, Luke falls to a dark place, but eventually redeems himself. So there is still that, that hopeful 
element to the end of the movie. It's not the feel good, you know, get on your feet, clap, you know, movie that that the original Star Wars was. But I think Johnson was going for that in a in a certain sort of way. I think that was kind of the idea that he had was he still wanted to end, you know, hopefully as a, as a Star Wars movie, I feel should. So I kind of see where he's going. But I mean, at the end of this movie, barring the thing with the stupid, you know, lightsaber broom kid and all that, which I just couldn't. I, I thought that was horrible. I really didn't like the actual ending of the movie. But, you know, with with ending it with Luke and Ray and, and you know, the main characters and all, I kind of liked where it ended. And I don't I just at this point, I don't know that I really feel like there's anywhere for them to go. You know, that there really is more story at this point. So I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. I'm I'm much more looking forward to some of the ancillary movies. You know, they keep banding about the idea of an Obi-Wan movie, you know, and a, and a Boba Fett movie. I'm curious about those. I didn't know Kasdan was writing, wrote Han Solo. I just hmm. found out that Kasdan was a screenwriter for Han Solo, so... That's a good thing. I have to be honest, for the first time ever, they are they're actively working on a Star Wars movie that I just don't give a shit about. Yeah. I have no interest in Han I, Solo. I, I probably won't go see it unless I hear spectacular things. I'm so. going to I'm going to go see it, but I'm going with low expectations because I really think that um like the 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 cutting edge of that movie is going to be like can you sell another actor playing Han Solo you know no matter how charismatic yeah. he is are you going to sell that person as being Harrison Ford's character or you know plausibly that and if they do and it has a good script it could be it could be really good but yeah it I'm could, very doubtful I'm of just, that I look at that and just go why why I'm, I'm more hopeful that Ryan Johnson has been given his own trilogy and it's going to be a completely separate story. And, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm more excited about the potential of that because I, I, I really think Ryan Johnson, although it doesn't, his vision of star Wars doesn't exactly jibe with mine. His general vision of what makes a star Wars movie does and uh so i'm i'm really curious as to what he'll he'll do when he has you know his own fresh lump of clay to work with instead of having to you know carve out a middle piece of a of a trilogy that he didn't start but other than that like i have no interest in the Bo boba fett movie the the one that i'm most interested in would be an obi-wan kenobi movie especially if they get Ewan McGregor to do it, I think there's a lot of potential for that to be good. I would be interested in seeing a Yoda movie if it was done well. I'd like to see Pixar do a Yoda movie, actually, to tell you the truth. Would be uh, would make me very happy. But it's like at the point now, and I think it was Patrick Delmore who said this in, in, on a, in a conversation on Facebook with somebody not me but i was reading it and he was like you know we ha the there was a point when star wars was special it was only going to come out once every once in a while and then you know once you got to the end of a trilogy you were never sure if there was ever going to be another trilogy or whatever so it was more of a big deal 
and from now on it just it can't be that anymore because right it's a different thing there's going to be one every year maybe more sometimes and there's going to be tv shows and a constant you know constant marketing so it's going to be challenging to keep it fresh and right. um last jedi shows that they have at least the will to to try to keep keep it fresh keep something new happening um i'm 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 crossing my fingers i'm re- i'm really looking forward to 2019 for star wars world at disney and stuff like that myself the stuff that i guess i'm really into these days is like i'm i'm very interested as when they finish off rebels what the next one's going to be what time period that's set in right you know. um is that wrapping up this year? That that it has like another half season left, I think, and then that's the end of it. Yeah, I think I need to get caught back up on that. I got I got behind. I think it's at the mid. I I'm pretty sure we're at the mid season break of the last season, so that's gonna wind up, and then, you know, maybe the next one will take place in between. Epi- you know, like Clone Wars in between episodes eight and nine or something. Who knows? You know, maybe, maybe we'll learn about Snoke in that, or, or it'll be in a time period compatible. <coughs> <coughs> Pardon me, compatible with that. But I'm very interested in, and and I, I I just love Dave Filoni's work. I think you know, watching rewatching Clone Wars with with hope is, you know, I forgot how how great that is. And uh, and it really makes me miss George Lucas. <laughs> I know that's unpopular too, but uh, yeah. Well, I'm... you know, surprisingly, I, I have found that with both of these movies, with Force Awakens and uh, and now Last Jedi, I am hearing more and more of that. The... I thought I thought the Last Jedi. I thought there was a lot to Last Jedi that reminded me of, it for good and bad, of um. The prequels. I thought the whole Canto Bright, the whole Casino Planet part, felt more like a prequel movie than than anything else. It felt like something shot in that that manner, and it had right. there, there were little points in it that I thought were kind of Clone Wars like too. And I think we've gotten to a point now where Star, you know, what it is to be a Star Wars movie has changed, and uh, some people are, you know. Are, probably get it right for our taste more than others but it's become a synthesis you know there's now with a with a star wars movie you have this whole the palette of the the tv shows which are slightly different than the prequels which has a whole different look and feel to it and the original trilogy and now the stuff that they're adding in uh, to the to these movies, which is some more modern elements of of filmmaking and and script writing and stuff like that. So it's 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 changing, which is good, you know. Um, I mean, luckily for us, we enjoyed this movie because it's it's basically it's not changing for for us. <laughs> Right. It's changing it's changing for a younger audience because they have to refresh the 
the well all the time, but um, I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward more to the ends to stuff on the ancillary sort of thing. The TV show, right. there's a live action TV show coming out that could be interesting. Um, that could be terrible too. A live action TV show is going to have to be really expensive, I think, to to look up to Star Wars standards. But right. um, they seem to be doing. There's a lot of um, special effects in TV shows are are starting to get really. You know, the Orville. Some of the special effects in the Orville are are movie quality at points. Some of the sets are also TV quality, so that offsets it. But. Um, yeah, I'm 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 more hopeful that there's going to be a random movie. I sort of have a secret hope that after episode 9 that they uh they just dispose of the whole idea of numbered trilogies, you know, that main storyline. Right. Of, of Star Wars. I I I'm 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 hoping they sort of abandon the idea and and leave it at 9 episodes. And that way you can say, oh, look, George Lucas's idea of nine episodes has finally come into fruition and, and then just move on and use use whatever at, at, at this point. Now they have books and they have comics. Also, I have not kept up with the comics. I haven't even read any of the books and probably never will. These the only thing I'm keeping up with is Darth Vader. There, there was a series that ran, I think it was 25 issues, and then they mm-hmm. just started it over again with a new number one, and they're on, like, issue, I don't know, like, five or six right now. I'm actually buying that those. Is I just good. haven't read them. I just haven't read them, but I've it's, heard it's really good. Hope It is really good. Yeah. And, I haven't kept up with uh, with any of the other Star Wars titles coming out, but Darth Vader's fantastic. That's It's a good read month after month. That's a good one. There, there was, a, um, there was a, I think, a Grievous series that they did recently that she said was really good and it had Cad Bane in it which see I was thinking a long you know a while back if that if we were going to bring back the monthly formats again you know we we could just can continue on with Star Trek you know because we never did finish either series we could continue on with you know some of the other formats, but what would we do with Star Wars? Because we completed all of the Marvel comics, but I'm kind of thinking now there's still a lot of Star Wars comics out there. Yeah, and we could we could really cherry pick you well, know, that's some really good stuff. That's the from thing out of is all the ones that are out there. Dark Horse put out a lot of them for better or worse, but I have a lot of them, and some of them are some of them are way better than others, and through a combination of you know, listener listener advice and research of our own. I'm sure we could find plenty of Star Wars comics to even say. You know, I mean, we I wouldn't even be opposed to doing some of the. I, it would force me to to re, to read them. I, I I started reading them for like the first eight months, and then I just never kept up on them. But mostly that was because. The only one I was really enjoying was Darth Vader month by month in the right. Kanan series that they put out was really right. good, but that ended fairly quickly. So I have a bunch of them that, they, I mean, the main Star Wars might be good, but I haven't heard much good stuff about it, but I've got the first year or so. So yeah, I would, I would be totally into uh dig it. And, and especially if we're, 
trying to root out good stuff to do. <laughs> right. Or, or maybe, you know, it might be fun to root out some stinkers every once in a while to, to see some, you know, really horrible moments. Because um, that's the thing is, I mean, my my enthusiasm for Star Wars has not waned. It's just I'm not real enthusiastic about where the movies are going from here. But I'm with you. I think we're actually going to get some really good stuff out of the ancillary, you know, like the, the comics, especially Mm -hmm. because even, you know, with, with how people felt with the prequels and all. And again, you know, you and I were never prequel haters, but you know, you know, elements of the prequels have their, had their ups and downs, but the comics that came out during the prequel area uh, era and that dealt with the prequel era, a lot of those comics a lot of those stories were actually better than what we were getting in the movies. And I kind of feel that way with some of the comics coming out now that Mm -hmm. it's better than the stuff we're seeing on the screen. So, I mean, I don't think we lack for good star Wars. It may not just, it it may not be what we're getting. It might be fun to do some prequel era comics too. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, I would love that. That would be actually totally new ground. As, as yeah. far as that goes, that's and something so, I don't hear anybody else covering, you know? Yeah. Well, it would be new ground for us too, because we were all doing all the comics we were doing were based on the, you know, original trilogy era. And I mean, if we, dark horse is mostly that too. So, right. Um, but yeah, I would, I'd I, down I would totally yeah. be into that. I, I mean, cool. both of us and you more so than me were, uh, you know, but basically really didn't need anything after Jedi. So that's that means that there's going to be an element of disappointment for all the movies that come after that. But at the same time, it sort of puts us in a good position to where we don't have a big dog in the game, you know? So it's like right. if, if all of a sudden all the Star Wars movies that come out start being crap, we can just not watch them and wait till wait till, you know, suddenly they find some young director or new director or you know or somebody or even some old director or whatever somebody that like hits gold on one and you know you have one where the cast the writing and everything works really good and then you have out of nowhere a really good star wars movie i'm perfectly fine with waiting with waiting through you know some crap and 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 maybe something very surprising and original will come out sometime during the time. I mean, I haven't had bitter disappointment yet. You know what I mean? I haven't had anything that's been like, okay, done. I'm done. So uh, I'm, I'm going home at this point. I mean, I, I liked rogue one right. and I've liked the last two movies of, you know, I mean the force awakens, I, I can watch it and enjoy it, but I don't think it's a good movie. But I really like Last Jedi. So out of those three movies, they're doing okay. They're, they're still keeping my attention. I mean, I'm, right. I'm not going to lie. When I go see not as much something like Rogue, Rogue One, but when I go to see The Last Jedi and I'm sitting there in the theater, I go into a, a mental movie-watching state that's unlike... A, when I watch other movies, you know, I'm, when I'm watching a new Star Wars movie and it's got an opening crawl and stuff, I, I, I just sort of, it's like going back, reverting to your reptile brain, except I'm reverting to my <laughs> 10 year old Star Wars brain. So all through the movie, I'm not, I'm, I'm in it for the most part. And, and, 
and 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 then if there's problems with it, they start showing up afterwards once the the buzz is worn off. But I still right. get I still get that feeling when I'm in a, a star I st- when I walk out of a Star Wars movie, even if it's not something that I was like that was the greatest movie like the prequels. I'm still processing the hell out of it and still right. processing my own reactions and what happened in it. So as long as that's maintained, I'm, I'm happy. And I think that might be maintained by my brain more than, although really, you know, I remember watching the clone wars movie in the theater and being like, okay, what time is it? You know, about three quarters of the way through it, or maybe <laughs> even less than that, like halfway through it. So, it, it can ha- it's not going to happen just as long as you slap Star Wars on something and put it on the screen but with a with an that is what I fear though you know it may happen. it may turn into down the, the road and I, I do definitely have that fear and I know others have that fear as the, well the only thing that um, the only thing that squelches that fear for but from being totally enveloping for me is that Disney owns it. And I mean, say what you will about it. I mean, Disney is also buying the entire world, but (laughs) Disney values its properties and you can hump the hell out of star Wars and ruin it. But I think that's something that they're aware of because you remember when, um, in back back in the days of VHS, when um, and before VHS, you had to wait until Disney would be like, "Oh, you know, we're we're putting Pinocchio out again," and right, and it would go around, and then then when VHS came out, it was like, "Oh, we can get all these classic Disney movies on video," and part of it was marketing. But also part of it was preserving their brand to where they would sometimes be like, oh, you can't get this movie for a while, you know? Yeah, they would go into moratorium for from time to time, yeah. From time to time, and it, it, you could take that as a hard, cold economic calculation, and it probably was to some extent, but at the same time it was also like, we can't have this stuff become too familiar. It has to be special, right? You know, it right. has to be on a special tier. So we're trying to preserve that. So I'm hoping that when that you know, if if Star Wars starts getting a little threadbare, that Disney might. I mean, they they've probably come close to recouping their investment now between the three movies. They have, yeah, they and, have already, and. Uh, so if it starts to get a little threadbare, I'm I'm hoping that they would have enough forethought to be like, let's let's put start let you know we'll let we'll leave the park open and and stuff and the comics will come up, but let's let's not make a Star Wars movie for five years, you know, and let it let let this stuff run and and then, you know, when it when it does happen, it's gonna be it's gonna have a fresh feel to it, and I'm hoping that that they are comfortable enough with it down the line. It, it, obviously it's going to be many years before they do that. Cause there's, they're planning mo- there, you know, the, the list of movies keeps coming out. So, but it's all going to depend on how those movies perform and how with the critics end with the money. 
the money more right. so. But Star Wars has usually been fairly decent with you know have, has never has never really been savaged by the critics except for the prequels, and even those didn't get the savaging that I think people really think about in retrospect. I think they confuse the fan reaction more to the... I remember Ebert right. when episode one came out said, look, if you didn't know this was... If this wasn't a Star Wars movie and you didn't have all these expectations, people would be like, this is the most amazing thing that's come out in, you know, in years and years. This is visionary or whatever. But since it's Star Wars, everybody's going to complain about it. And I thought that was pretty... Pretty accurate. Yeah, I'm, I remember you saying something to that effect as well that you know after I remember after seeing uh, Phantom Menace and being kind of like eh you were like yeah but how would we have felt when we were you know nine years old and, you, and right. that that did kind of change my opinion of it a little bit because if you if you keep that perspective on it then yeah you and know, when you think because, about it those three movies for whatever you whatever you know, anybody had anything to say with them. They invented a, a new look and a new style. They did what Star Wars did when it came mm-hmm. out. It, it, as far as special effects and technology go, for sure. And, well, and you there's know, been a lot of movies that sort of tell the story, their stories the same way as the prequels, too. You so. know, I will... I will... I will gladly weather all of the the divisiveness and even all the hate that there that there is for this new movie just for the fact that as a nice side effect there has been a fresh round of respect for the prequels. Yes. I've seen an awful lot of stuff lately on social media of people going back and saying, "Well, you know, in light of this new movie, maybe the prequels weren't so bad. Maybe George Lucas wasn't so bad after all." And I'm like, "Well, that's what we've been saying all along. Yeah. So, welcome to the party." You know. And there's also there's also a bunch of people who saw the prequels as little kids, and right. are now growing up to be old enough to write blogs and and to be like, "Hey, wait a minute! How you guys are hating on these movies? <laughs> we loved right. these when we were kids, you know." So, so that perspective is starting to come into play in 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 Star Wars world too. So, which also is which also proves that those movies did what they were supposed to do, and they they brought a, a generation of kids into Star Wars. and And then there's the Hope Mullinexes who got brought into Star Wars by Clone Wars and stuff like that. You know, so. I mean, what Star Wars proves again and again and again, you know, despite the ups and downs of um, quality, is that the idea of it and the that universe is almost universally appealing to to people, you know, of of all right. ages. So as as long as like, even if you're not getting it perfect. If you're if you're putting the effort into Star Wars, it's going to capture the imagination of a good chunk of of people, right? So, I mean, and that just in itself should be enough to for George Lucas never to get any shit again for the rest of his life. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's good enough for me. I don't know my my my. I guess my 
um, state of the Star Wars union is hopefully optimistic. Although I'm not like, even though I like love this movie and enjoyed the hell out of it, I'm I'm just sort of not. I don't want to say not jazz because that sounds negative. Because I'm gonna be I'm gonna be there with bells on, but I'm not. You know, it's 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 almost. It, th- that movie almost felt to me like okay we finished this trilogy it felt like it resolved the right. trilogy so anything that comes after it is like the reboot or or you know it's it's starting in a fresh dynamic and which is going to be very strange for the the end of a trilogy cuz it's like what 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 do you do at the end of this trilogy is this trilogy going to be where kylo ren dies okay <laughs> but you know i mean that's interesting i guess but it's not like weighing on my mind you know it's not like it, it, it to to me it's like the it seems like the next progression of the story is okay you get to see the the beginning of the rebellion again you know with you you're going to have the rebellion and the people that are running the rebellion are actually new characters that that we're invested in now and they've learned some of their lessons from the old characters in the old movie that that sounds like epi, you know the first episode of the next trilogy <laughs> so i don't know <laughs> i i would be more if if I knew Ryan Johnson was in charge of the next movie, I would be. Or if I knew if I, if I knew anybody but J.J. Abrams was in charge of the next movie, maybe right. I'd be more excited. I hate to be. I hate to be a dick about that, you know. Because no, you're not. You're you're not at all. Because I I'm right there with you. Because when he was announced that he was going to come back after this, I'm like, oh. Are you kidding me? It felt like it took the wind out of me. It was just like, oh, no, come on. I mean, I understand. (laughs) I understand. I I don't know if you know if you know anything about basically the reason why the the, I can't remember the guy's name who was supposed to do Trevor Colin Trevenauer or something like that, who was going to do that movie. But he did this movie. He made this movie, put out this movie called The Book of Henry. Have you heard anything about that? Oh. I've I actually downloaded it and watched it to see how how bad how bad could it be, and it's like oh, okay I see why this guy got kicked out of a Star Wars. I would question his. <laughs> the Book of Henry is about a little kid. It's a it's a cutesy feel good movie about this little kid who's really like a super genius and and helps everybody in his family and he's. He's going to school and helping his mom, who's kind of a dumbass, and and he's you know he's working the stock market and they have you know a million dollars stocked away and stuff, and then he finds out the little girl next door is being molested by her father, and then he dies of brain cancer, <laughs> and then he leaves behind a book that tells his mom all this stuff to do to like murder the girl next door's father and to adopt her into the family. And and so it's like all these these people following a plan from a dead kid to to murder the next door neighbor. It was terrible. 
<laughs> it was one Sounds of like those... a feel-good movie. Though. Yeah, exactly. You're watching it going, what the hell? And and he made it like it was going to be this like Oscar-winning you know, feel-good movie. And it's like, okay, I see why this guy got booted out of the booted out of here but find another young guy you know don't jj abrams come on as soon as i heard that it was just like oh oh why why just reverse anything any do you notice it wasn't just us though because the whole the whole internet went oh god no well there's some people who who love him but yeah but i mean but that's, Those people are stupid. Yeah, but that uh, yeah, I know. And but I mean, it's a huge country, so you're always going to have that percentage of people who are just like, "Yay, J.J. Abrams." But I don't. Are those ones who need to be lined up against the wall? But that's a whole <laughs> different conversation. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not happy about that. I'm I'm maybe maybe being a secret asshole and crossing my fingers behind my back that that seeing as how a few other directors have maybe not ended up finishing their Star Wars movie that uh, <laughs> that might be the case with this one too, you know, maybe we'll luck out and and uh, I don't know, am I wrong about not being at all excited about the Han Solo thing? Because I'm just not, I just no, you, don't I, give I, a I, shit I'm the same way, well uh, it's funny because I thought you got you actually I thought for a little while got a little more enthusiastic about it than me because they switched over to Ron Howard and you were like oh okay, yeah this but is, this, I mean this even then if I if I'm honest with myself I mean yeah I, I love the guy's movies that I've seen but he's got a lot of movies I've never seen just because the the you know the subject matter didn't interest me and he's not I mean he's not a hundred percent. I mean, he's had some turkeys. You know, no, he's, he's had some movies that I walked away going, "Man, it was all right." I always look you at know? Ron Howard as a solid filmmaker, and at, at at the bottom level, like he 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 puts thought into his movies. He doesn't always succeed, but even at the top level, he's he he just falls short of like being a great filmmaker. But he's a really good filmmaker. Yeah, but I'll, I'll buy at, that. At the same time, um. He's also sort of steeped in, and and I think mainly because he did Willow, he's kind of steeped in that Lucas world, you know. So I I think he right. has a general, uh, and and I uh, okay, I guess maybe uh, his movies remind me a lot of Spielberg's movies, but he's not as good as Spielberg. He's, he's he reminds more, me of like Chris Columbus. Yes, he's more grounded than Spielberg, but he could do. Right the fantasy stuff so so the you know but he's also an old timer working with an old timer writer with a bunch of young actors so you know how how that'll feel correctly but they're also working in the in the Han Solo universe too so it might work out really well but it's also one of those things that it's like everything I think about it I think about sort of clinically yeah it might be really good you know but it, it's yeah it's not driving me it's not like i can't wait till that that movie opens you know i i really right. don't even know when it opens it's i'll know it's one of those things it's like ah when it's you know they'll put out a trailer and and they'll 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 take me by the hand when it when it comes out but i'm not like counting the days not counting not counting the days to anything new star wars except for really the new dave filoni thing i'm very curious as to what that could be. Right. 
did you ever read the uh, the Lando Calrissian books? The the new ones? The from... no the I don't know. If oh there are oh, new ones, you but mean the, the, the original novels. ones? I did a long when they first came out. Because I, I tell you one thing, while I am not at all excited about this movie or looking forward to it, if they if I found out that they were going to do Vuffy Raw in it though. The, the the little droid companion that he had in those novels, I'd be like first in line for that shit. I love all, that character. All he I remember cool. about the Lando novels is I kind of enjoyed them more than the Han Solo novels. Than those yeah, original three did. Han Solo trilogies. I like that. Yeah. And they, they were better. Yeah, they were they better were, written they were better and books. they were more exciting. And I gotta tell you, when they did when they did Lando when he showed up on um Rebels and they did a Lando um, miniseries in the Marvel comics. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed both of those immensely. The Lando comic wasn't, the art wasn't the greatest, but the story was kind of fun. And the character of Lando, you know, as portrayed in Rebels, you know, before he owned Cloud, Cloud City and, you know, and in those days is, I think, a more interesting character than Han Solo. I, oh yeah. I, I I I I mean if they did a Lando movie, I think they would have more leeway to have fun with it, you know, than a Han Solo movie. I think they would there's so more so few less strings attached that you have to pay attention to and and also Lando, well, a young Han Solo I guess will be about maybe as morally um bendable as Lando, but Lando's a little more you know, ethically challenged than Han Solo. So he's, he's more of a, you know, and, and the, as they developed him in rebels, he was a completely untrustworthy character, but at the same time he was, he, he still knew who the good guys were, you know, and he was ultimately going to try to like bend his grift towards the good guys. If, if at all possible. And that makes him a very interesting character. Well, yeah, I think it says a lot that, there's a, you know there has to be a reason why Harrison Ford embraced Indiana Jones but wanted out on Han Solo. He wanted Solo to die so he wouldn't have to play him anymore. And I, I think it just comes down to he recognized that in one character there's a lot of depth and a lot of story potential there. And the other character, well, he kind of had his arc. Yeah. You uh, know? Han Solo I mean, had there's his... really not a lot to Han Solo. Right. Right, Han Solo. In order to be important, if you want him to be an important character and not just there for because he's your good old friend, is you would yeah you would have to give him an out. Indiana Jones is a different type of character, you know. Indiana Jones mm -hmm. is a, is a serial character, so you could keep Indiana Jones going as long as as possible, and and only have. You you have to have character arcs for him, but you can just have little mini ones within within the movie. I I I heard that Harrison Ford though was all about doing Indiana Jones till he died, until the Crystal Skull, and then after the Crystal Skull, he was like, "Yeah, I'm kind of." <laughs> He's doing another one though. Is he? No. They are doing another one. Okay, he did a good job in Blade Runner, but he was playing a old grizzled guy. 
I don't know. He's getting, <laughs> he is he's an getting, old grizzled. I know he's getting. I mean, I enjoy, I I'm one of the few people who will defend Crystal Skull for what it is. I enjoy. I like Crystal Skull, but here's the thing: is that I'll defend Crystal Skull, but it's 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 getting harder to defend Harrison Ford because I'll, I'll defend him in Crystal Skull. How but long I can't ago was Crystal Ford, in, in Skull Force Awakens? Crystal Skull was it's like, got to be a good five years ago now. If or not better. more, it could be like five to seven years because time goes by yeah. fast. So, but I'll tell you, Force long... Awakens. I, I hate to say it, but there's one word that always comes to mind when I see Han Solo in Force Awakens, and that's doddering. He's a doddering old man. I hate to I say thought it, you were but gonna he say is. Grandpa. <laughs> I yeah. thought he was Grandpa in Crystal Skull. I thought he was doddering in uh, in Force Awakens. Mm. I I I thought. I mean, the thing about Harrison Ford is he knows how to get in character. So he was in character as Han Solo. It oh, was give me a, a break. Really? In Force Awakens? I thought so, yeah. Dude, he was phoning that shit in so bad. Really? Well, for for um, for um Harrison Ford nowadays, you know, Harrison Ford who can, like, I, you know, I feel like they carry him from his house to his plane and then he flies wherever he's going and they carry him to his hotel room or whatever. But yeah. Oh, no, I, I, I totally felt um, his now if you put it beside, say, Luke and, you know, um, and Leia in Last Jedi. Yeah, they're even more so they felt more so in character. But he felt like Han Solo to me. My problem was he didn't get, you know, there were just a few chances for him to do that. And maybe and the the one chance that they had to, like, do a really good Han Solo scene was the scene in the Falcon with the rolling monster creatures, which I felt didn't work. I didn't it, I felt right. it didn't have any any toll on this anything to do with the story. It was just sort of like. Oh, here's a random little advent Han Solo-y adventure, you know, and I would have rather they figured out something to do with the story of it. But him, he himself, I felt that that was that 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 was Han Solo, a, an old, crusty, doddering Han Solo. But that's what happens when you get old, I guess. Did, I guess. did I did, did I necessarily want to see that Han Solo? Yeah, maybe not. But uh, since I did, I, I, it, it felt like I was seeing Han Solo. I mean, I, it had the emotional when when he died. It, it had the emotional thrust that it was that it was supposed to have for me. Um, I think that has to do with. I I don't know. It might have a lot to do with me just wanting that, you know. <laughs> but that's right. how I. That's how I. I I feel see I I feel that the like the Han, a lot of the Han Solo stuff is the stronger stuff in that movie to me but it may be um the Lawrence Kasdan dialogue cuz Han Solo right. gets a lot of the Lawrence Kasdan dialogue and I love his dialogue it's it's succinct it works it fits you know it's meaningful on several different levels and uh and so, and almost everything that came out of Han Solo's mouth, except for that one scene, which turns out J.J. Abrams wrote, the the rap, raptors raptor scene. Um, but pretty much all his dialogue and all his dialogue with Leah was Lawrence Kasdan, and it fe- it had that classic old 
Hollywood romance writing, you know, dialogue to it, but with 30 years of crust and aging, you know, added to it. So, so it worked for me. Um, yeah, but, I mean, how old is he? I mean, he's almost 80 now, so it's like, how, how, what kind of Indiana Jones movie is that going to be? <laughs> I'm almost, you got me on that one. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm down for it, and I think, and, and, is Lucas involved in it? Is, is it going to be a Lucas and Spielberg? I think production? Spielberg's set to direct, so far as I'm aware. I was, I was reading a really, really interesting article about Crystal Skull and how you know George, George Lucas, I guess kind of like Spielberg wanted to approach it differently and I guess Spielberg sort of ran out of gas on it about halfway through he wanted to like reshoot a lot of the movie differently and and stuff so I'm, I'm curious if it ends up being like a solely Spielbergy production kind of interested I want Spielberg to do a Star Wars movie I don't know if that's contractually something he can do with Disney but why hasn't Spielberg been tapped for a Star Wars movie at some point? I mean, it seems like... I've always wondered that, yeah. It seems like the most natural thing in the world, and it would be it would seem like you would have somebody who you wouldn't have to worry about whether he gets it or not, you know? I mean, he's been... Pay, I mean, talk about paying tribute to Star Wars in your movies, you know? It, all you have to do is think about E.T., I'm so sad, man. I wish I if I had $150 last night, there were a touring orchestra came through town. They were playing ET with an orchestra playing the. Oh, they're doing that in town whole... right now here in Orlando with uh, with Empire. Oh my God, that's the that that's the only one that would sort of be competition to knock it's... off. 50 60 bucks a ticket. I'm like, it's a hundred. It was $150 here for for tickets. And, yeah, well, you know, you gotta you gotta schlep an orchestra around and teach them a whole movie's worth of music, <laughs> right? And, that's, that's and true. have them time it along true. with the m- m- music. But I was, I was sitting at work yesterday thinking, if I had one hundred and fifty dollars, I could go. I, I just pictured myself sitting there watching E.T. with an orchestra in front of me, going bam, 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 and I was like. See that's that's worth one hundred and fifty dollars. That, that would I don't be have. that would be cool, but I'd also want to be you know I'd want to like you know be throwing some goobers at them and stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious if the goober just hits like the French horn and it's like. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> <laughs> the spaceship made its rainbow. That's what we'd have to do. Is when the spaceship makes a rainbow, we throw skittles down there and start yelling, "Taste the rainbow!" Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> well, I think this is an epic-length conversation. I think, I think we covered some good stuff. I think we did it, man. I think we did it. And uh, yeah. I was I I gotta tell you I've been I've been dying to to half dying and half dreading finding out what you, <laughs> what you thought about it, which is always fun, you know. No, I dug it. I did. I dug it. I thought it was all right. I personally, if I was going to have to have been nostril dumbass 
predicting what you would have thought I would have been like, you would have been like, ah, it just squeaked through to me. So I'm, I'm very pleased. I'm very happy that, that you enjoyed it because when it comes right down to it, that was the, the important thing to me is the experience of watching it, you know? Right. There's all the thought and talking about it and picking it apart afterwards. But like, I mean, it was, it was a genuinely emotional experience for me to watch it. And, and it definite and, it definitely kept me on my toes. You know, I definitely kept me guessing and that made me very happy. And I really appreciate it. Even if it wasn't exactly what I want. And I'm, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this talk. This this was, this was a rollicking episode. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm going to go rollick to the bathroom before I piss my pants. Oh my God. I'm going to rollick about four gallons into my toilet right now. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O. T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com 2TrueFreaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. Dumbass. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True Freaks. Freaks.
Future Freaks has been brought to you today by Damanzo Corps of Milan, Italy, and by the letters F and U.